This is always the most awkward part of the ser- or Sunday for me, trying to... We keep talking about fellowshipping and loving each other, and then I get up here and say, stop, you know, sit down. Happy uh, Resurrection Sunday. We are thankful for every one of you that's here uh, worshiping with us this morning. If you would, uh, open up your scriptures to Luke chapter 24, starting in verse 1. And if you don't have your Bibles this morning, we'll have the, the verses up on the screen for you. Luke chapter 24, verse 1. If you would read along with me. But on the first day of the week, at early dawn, they went to the tomb, taking the spices they had prepared. And they found the stone rolled away from the tomb. But when they went in, they did not find the body of the Lord Jesus. While they were perplexed about this, behold, two men um, stood by them in dazzling apparel. And, um, And as they were frightened and bowed their faces to the ground, the men said to them, Why do you seek the living among the dead? He is not here, but he has risen. Remember how he told you, while he, was still, or while he was still in Galilee, that the Son of Man must be delivered into the hands of sinful men and be, uh, be crucified, and on the third day rise. And they remembered his words, and returning from the tomb, they told all these things to the eleven and to all the rest. You would pray with me this morning. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord God, we thank you, Lord, for who you are, God, for how amazing, for how big, for how glorious, Lord, that you would come down as a human and live with us, Lord, is amazing. It's mind-boggling. And not only that, to die on the cross, Lord, we thank you, Lord, for what you have done for us and, and being with us, Lord. We also thank you that you've been raised from the dead, Lord, and that you are alive, and that you are Lord of Lord and King of Kings, God. We praise you this morning, Lord. I pray that you are glorified as we go through your word, as we sing, as we fellowship, Lord, that our minds are continuously on you and what you have done for us. In your son's name, amen. Before I get started this morning, um, here's my guess. There's probably a few of you out there, um, out here, that are, are, are visiting with us this morning that um, don't normally go to church. Maybe Easter Sunday and Christmas uh, are those few Sundays that you end up coming to maybe Country Oaks or a different church. Um, I want to start by uh, saying thank you. I'm thankful that you're here this morning. Um, there might be a few of you out there even that don't believe or don't know where you stand with the Lord this morning. Uh, we're thankful that you're here. And I hope you hear the message this morning because the message is good news. It's good news this morning. But I wanted to start this morning with a question, and I actually had the privilege of doing the Easter sermon last year, and I started with the same question, and and that is, why is the resurrection such a big deal? Why is the resurrection such a big deal? Of everything in Scripture, why do we celebrate the resurrection on this on this day? I mean, I get the incarnation which is God, the God of the universe, the God that spoke everything into existence, coming down as a human, as a man, a man that lived with us, a man that walked with us, a man that, that experienced life with us, a man that suffered with us. 
I get why that's a big deal. I get why, why Jesus' life and ministry are right, amazing, captivating. Even non-Christians are inspired by the life of Christ. And I, I get the cross that, that, that Jesus came and not only lived with us, but died on the cross to pay for our sins. He took our place. He paid our price. But why the resurrection? My goal today is actually to, to try to answer this question from Scripture. Why is the resurrection such a big deal? So let's look at the resurrection today. And actually, before we get going in the passage, um, I do want to start by admitting that there's a lot of debate about the resurrection in Scripture. When you look at the four Gospels and you compare them together, it seems like there there's some contradictions when you read them and put them side by side. And you might have questions like how many women went to the tomb or how many angels were there or to whom did Jesus appear and, and when. I want to be clear, my goal today is not to answer these questions or to, to give a defense of the reliability of Scripture, which I think is a worthwhile um, time. Uh, my goal is really to explain why the resurrection is important this morning. But I do want to say a quick word about these differences. The gospel narratives are different, but they don't contradict each other. Actually, I believe when you read the four different gospels, it's exactly what you would expect from eyewitnesses that saw an unexpected, awesome, supernatural event. Can you just imagine if ten of us witness a massive, awesome, spectacular event? Each one of us would probably talk about a different aspect of it. And it's only when you put those testimonies together that you get a, a full picture of exactly what happened. This is why cops get as many eyewitnesses as they can to a crime. It's not that they assume people are lying, right? They just understand people, people see from their own perspective and people remember what they remember. The four gospel accounts highlight different aspects of the resurrection, none of them contradicting each other. And when you put them together, you get a fuller picture of exactly what happened on that Sunday. There are some core truths that are across all four Gospels, and and I want to go over them. There's five core truths when you read the Gospel accounts of the resurrection. Um, So here they are. The first one is this, that Jesus was truly dead. It's clear in, in the Gospels that Jesus was dead when they, when they put him in the tomb. The second core truth that we see across all the Gospels is that the resurrection happened on a Sunday morning. That's why we as Christians come together, worship, and celebrate on Sundays, the first day of the week. In Acts, you see it's called the Lord's Day. The early church did that and modeled that for us. The third truth we see is that angels appeared and explained exactly what happened to the, the, the women, the disciples that were followers of Jesus. The fourth truth is that the first eyewitnesses of the risen Christ were women, women followers of Christ. And the fifth truth is this, that the, the apostles and the rest of the male disciples refused to believe the testimony of these women as the women came back and said, we saw Christ, he's been risen Everything else are details in the four Gospels that fill in the gaps so we have a clearer picture of exactly what happened. So I want to look at Luke chapter 24 this morning. Luke chapter 24, verse 1. It starts off by saying this, But on the first day of the week, 
First day of the week, that's Sunday. It's three days after Jesus' death, and you might be wondering, well, how is that three days? Jews counted days a little differently than us, and so Friday was day one when Jesus died on the cross. Saturday was the Sabbath, and Sunday was the third day where he was risen. So look at verse one again. But on the first day of the week, at early dawn, they went out to the tomb, taking the spices they had prepared. So this is Sunday morning, and this is a a group of women that that were followers of Jesus, that loved Jesus. They went to Jesus' body to get it ready, get it prepared for burial. This was a very long process in in this time period. They started this process actually Friday, but ran out of time when the Sabbath hit. And you weren't allowed to work on the Sabbath, so they waited to Sunday to come back and finish this process of burial. Look at verse 1 again. It says, But on the first day of the week, at early dawn, they went to the tomb, taking the spices they had prepared, and they found the stone rolled away from the tomb. Jesus was buried in, in a tomb that was kind of a cave that had this big stone in front of it. It was where, where wealthy people were um, buried. And the stone was rolled in front of the cave so people couldn't rob what was in it or animals couldn't get into to the body. But the women got there, and the stone was rolled away. Look at verse 3. But when they went in, they did not find the body of the Lord Jesus. The stone was rolled away, and the body was gone. In verse 4, while they were perplexed about this, behold, two men stood by them in dazzling apparel. And as they were frightened and bowed their faces to the ground, the men said to them, Why do you seek the living among the dead? He is not here, but has risen. Can you picture this? I love doing this. I love, you know, the majority of Scripture is historical narrative, which I love. I mean, I love that the Bible is fun to read. And I love putting myself in the situation. Can you imagine going to the—and and we see throughout the, all the Gospels that these women had no idea, even though they should have known because Jesus kept saying, on the third day, I'll be raised from the dead. They had no idea. And they're going thinking they're going to a body, probably wondering how they're going to get the stone out of the way to get to the body. And they get there, and these two— Two angels appear in dazzling apparel, probably so bright that they have a hard time looking at him. And they say to them, why do you seek the living among the dead? He is not here, but has risen. Listen, we do not worship a dead Savior. That's why we celebrate. That's why we're here this morning. Jesus is alive. Jesus said in John 14, 6, I am the way, the truth, and the life. He said in John eleven twenty five, I am the resurrection and the life. Romans 6, 9 says, we know that Christ being raised from the dead will never die again. Death no longer has dominion over him. And Jesus himself says in Revelation chapter 1, 17, fear not, I am the first and the last and the living one. I died, and behold, I am alive forevermore. We follow a living Messiah. The angel said, He is not here, but has risen. He is alive. Look at verse 4 again. Again, they, being these women followers, 
were perplexed about this. They shouldn't have been, right? Because Jesus has predicted it. He prophesied it. But they're perplexed, which is just a word meaning confused. They're confused. What does this mean? They didn't, want, they didn't know what it meant that Jesus wasn't there, that he was risen. What does the resurrection mean? Again, this is what I want to answer, and this is what it means. Listen, Jesus' own words and predictions are trustworthy. It means Jesus' own words and predictions are trustworthy. Jesus said he would die, but on the third day be raised from the dead. I mean, that's, that's a, <laughs> it, I, I can predict I'm going to die. But being raised from the dead, the resurrection proves that Jesus' words are trustworthy. John 2, says this, When therefore he was raised from the dead, his disciples remembered that he had said this, and they believed the scripture and the words that Jesus had spoken. They believed the scripture too. This also means that the Old Testament scriptures at this point are trustworthy which prophesied Jesus' death. Psalms 22, Isaiah 53, hundreds and thousands of years before Jesus' death, prophesied that he would die, but also prophesied that he'd be raised to glory. And that one day, Old Testament saints would see their Redeemer. I love this passage in John or uh, Job chapter 19, verse 25, which is probably the oldest book in Scripture. It says this, For I know that my Redeemer lives. And at last he will stand upon the earth. And after my skin has thus been destroyed. This is Job saying, after, after I die and my skin is gone, yet in my flesh I will see God. The resurrection means that, that we are justified because God's wrath was satisfied. Romans 4.25 is taught Jesus, who was delivered up for our transpasses, trans, uh, and raised for our justification. Listen, the resurrection gives us assurance that we will not perish because of our sins. Romans eight eleven says this, if the Spirit, let's talk about the Holy Spirit, if the Spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, and if you're a Christian this morning, that Spirit dwells in you. He who raised Jesus from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies through his spirit who dwells in you. Meaning, the resurrection establishes an unshakable foundation for our hope. 1 Peter chapter 1 verse 3 says this, Blessed be, be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, according to his great mercy, He has caused to us to be born again to a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. Listen, the resurrection guarantees a future resurrected life for all believers. 1 Corinthians 15.20 But in fact, Christ has been raised from the dead, the first fruits of those who have fallen asleep. A few verses later in verse 23, it says this, "But But each in his own order... Christ the first fruits. Right? Christ was raised first. Then at his coming, those who belong to Christ. The resurrection means that Jesus has been glorified and exalted. Philippians 2.8 says this, And being found in human form, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. Therefore, God has highly exalted him 
and bestowed on him the name that's above every name, so that at the name of Christ every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. The resurrection declares Jesus as the rightful ruler of all creation. Ephesians 1.19 And what is the immeasurable greatness of his power toward us who believe according to the working of his great might, that he worked in Christ when he raised him from the dead and seated him at the right hand in the heavenly places, far above all rule, authority, power, and dominion, and above every name that is named, not only in this age, but also in the one to come. And he put all things under his feet and gave him as head over all things to the church. The resurrection also means that Jesus is right now, right now, at the right hand of the Father, interceding for us. Those that are Christians, those that truly believe, those that have faith. Romans 8, 31 says this, What then shall we say to these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? He who did not spare his own son, but gave him up for us all, how he would not also with him graciously give us all things? Who shall bring any charge against God's elect? It is God who justifies. Who is to condemn? Christ Jesus is the one who died, but more than that, who was raised, who is at the right hand of God, who indeed is interceding for us. And we saw this in 1 John 2. Verse 1 recently, my dear children, right? John's writing to this church. I write to you so that you may not sin. Right? He doesn't want this church to sin. But if anyone does sin, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ, the righteous one. The resurrection means, church, we have the responsibility to, to take this message of the risen Christ to the ends of the earth. To all nations. Matthew 17, 9. And as they were coming down the mountain, this is the Mount of Transfiguration, this is where Jesus brings three of his, his closest disciples up to this mountain and he transforms before them and shows his glory to them. And as they were coming down, Jesus says this Tell no one the vision until, until the Son of Man is raised from the dead. And then Matthew 28, 18 says this, And Jesus came and said to them, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me, because he was raised from the dead and that authority has been given to him. So what do we do with that? Verse 19, Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Listen, the resurrection has accomplished so much. It vindicates the gospel. It vindicates our, our faith. It vindicates our hope. It's the greatest event that's ever happened in human history. The pastor put it this way. If Matthew had ended in chapter 27, Mark in chapter 15, Luke in chapter 23, and and John in chapter 19, this would indeed be the end of the story. In other words, if the Gospels ended at Jesus' death, We'd have no hope. Jesus would have just been another failed messianic pretender 
who clashed with the Roman Empire and paid the ultimate price for his folly. In other words, without the resurrection, Jesus was just a crazy man. A man who thought he was God and got himself killed. However, each gospel adds additional chapters, in the case of John 2, that changes everything. The story is not yet over, and the world is about to be turned upside down. New creation is about to break into the midst of old creation, and nothing will ever be the same. The resurrection changed the face of the world. I mean, even if you're a skeptic this morning, even if you have a relative or friend that dragged you to church this morning, and you're like, I don't believe that, you can't deny the fact that the resurrection changed the world. It's 2019 today because 2019 years ago, a man walked the earth, died, was raised from the dead. No one can deny the the effects of Jesus' life, death, and resurrection, which turned the world upside down. The resurrection accomplished so much, and this is why we celebrate Right? This is why we celebrate as Christians this morning. But listen, if you're not a Christian, if you're not a follower, and I don't like that, I don't like that word because if you're not a follower of Christ this morning, if you're not sure, sure where you stand with God this morning, I want to talk with you. Because the resurrection also means that everyone, listen, Everyone will be raised from the dead. For the believer, the follower of Jesus, those that have put their faith in Christ, they will be raised to the resurrection of life. And again, that's why we celebrate. But to everyone else, they will be raised to the resurrection of judgment. The Bible's clear on this. John 5, 26 says this, And he has given him authority to execute judgment because he is the son of man do not marvel at this for an hour is coming when all who are in the tombs everyone who are all who are in the tombs will hear his voice and come out those who have done good to the resurrection of life and those who have done evil to the resurrection of judgment so here's my question this morning have you put your faith in jesus christ Are you at peace with God? Because the resurrection is also a warning. It's a warning that Jesus will one day come back and judge the world. Acts 17.31 Because he has fixed a day on which he will judge the world in righteousness by a man whom he has appointed... And of this, he has given assurance to all. In other words, this will happen. How has he given assurance? By raising him from the dead. Jesus will come back, and he'll be a judge of the world. Listen, I want to just be as honest as I can. This is my my calling as a pastor, is to tell you what Scripture says. Romans 6.23 says this, For the wages of sin is death. For the wages of sin is death. And this is not talking about physical death. This is talking about the second death. We're all going to physically die. But the wages of sin is death. That is eternal death. That's talking about hell. 
But Romans 6.23 continues. It says this, For the wages of sin is death, but the free gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. Listen, the resurrection means God is offering you life this morning. It means God is offering you life this morning. The free gift of God is eternal life. This is what I'd like to do. If we all could just bow our heads and close our eyes. If you're not sure where you stand with the Lord this morning, and I know there's some out there that probably are questioning where they're at. Listen, the Lord can hear your prayers right now in your heart. He's listening. All you have to do simply is repent and believe. Repent, that just means ask God for forgiveness right now in your heart for your sins, for your rebellion, for not worshiping him the way we're supposed to. And turn to Christ. Make him your treasure. Repent, but also believe that Jesus Christ died on the cross for your sins, that he paid the price for your sins, and on the third day he was raised and now sits at the right hand of God. Trust in him. Ephesians 2.8 says this, For by grace you have been saved through faith, that's belief, on Jesus and trusting him. And this is not of your own doing. It is the gift of God. What I'm going to do is I just want to just give you a second with everyone's head bow and, and, and pray, pray to God. Ask for forgiveness. Put your faith in Jesus. Listen, if, if you've cried out to God in your heart this morning, I'm going to ask you to do something else too. We're going to pray in a second. And after we pray, we're going to sing a song. And at the end of the song, I'm going to call up the pastors. I just want you to come up and, and talk with us so that we can pray for you, that we can celebrate with you. After the song, I'll I'll call the pastors up and we'll dismiss and you can just come up and talk with us. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, God, we thank you, Lord. This is a celebration, God. I pray for all of us that have put our faith in you, Lord, in time past that we're here celebrating as a body, Lord, just, just glorifying you, Lord, for what you have done in our lives, saving us, Lord, saving us from the judgment that we deserve, God, for the sins that we have committed, that you loved us so much that you sent your son to to die on the cross for our sins. Lord, I pray we glorify you and your son this morning. And not only that, you raised him from the dead, Lord, as a promise that we will be one day raised and spending eternity with you. God, I pray for anyone that, that put their faith in you this morning, Lord, that they're bold in that faith, Lord that they come and talk with the pastor, that we could pray for them, Lord, that you work on their hearts, Lord, to grow more and more like your son, God. I pray that they are joy-filled and are celebrating with us as a body this morning. God, I thank you. I thank you for the promises that you have given us. I thank you for the actions that you have, have done, Lord, that you raised your son from the dead and that we can celebrate this morning because we know we're secure in you, that you loved us, Lord. 
be with us, Lord, as we sing this song. In your son's name, amen. He is risen.